Good morning. My name is Ken Carson, and it's my extraordinary privilege to welcome each of you to Geneva's 2011 commencement ceremony. Can you believe it's finally here? I want to welcome and thank several specific groups of people who are here in this field house today. Please hold your applause until I give the appropriate signal. First, I'd like the, David, the, the family of David Lates to stand. Just stay standing. And I'd like the family of Dustin Turner to stand. And of Jeremy Glovier. These folks were here at 8.20 this morning to get the seats that I occupy. <laughs> Stay standing. Stay standing. Next, if you are a father or a mother of a graduate, would you please stand? Hold on. I told you not to applaud. If you're a spouse of a graduate, would you please stand? If you're a child, sibling, grandparent, aunt or uncle by blood, marriage or friendship, would you please stand? <laughs> Graduates, I know that these people have been important to you over the years. Would you thank them for their support of you? Please be seated. <clears throat> to those of you who are just standing, let me add my deep appreciation to you as well. You have entrusted your loved ones to us. You have invested significant resources in us. Please accept my sincere gratitude for your faith in Geneva. We thank you for your support. Next, I would like the faculty of the college to please stand. These faculty uh, are uh, seated in front and behind the graduates to symbolize the fact that you have been in our midst for a time. That time is rapidly coming to a close. I would also like others who are in this building to stand. Those of you who are on the student development staff, would you please stand? And if you're a non-faculty, non-student development staff employee, Many of you are working this event. If you would stand where you are. Graduates, these people have badgered you, challenged you, taught you, advised you, cleaned up after you, and loved you in class and out of class. Will you have been a Geneva College student? Would you thank them for their work and service to God in this place? Please be seated. Graduates, many of you started here at Geneva as freshmen in the fall of 2007. If you fit that description, that is, you started here in the fall of 2007, would you please stand and remain standing? Hold on. 
I want to remind you of an event that occurred right here in this field house on August 31st, 2007. Each fall semester, Geneva holds an opening uh, academic convocation. You may remember that you lined up in the Merriman gym back then and then processed just as you did now through the assembled faculty. On that occasion, you were wearing street clothes. I wish I had a videotape to remind you what you looked like then. It was a sad affair. <laughs> On that day, you symbolically entered into the academic community at Geneva. You even signed a book, this book. Immediately following that ragged, and I mean ragged, procession of new students, I said these words. Let me tell you what just happened and why it happened this way. The faculty and several leaders of the student development staff processed in. These two groups are combined today to symbolize the fact that we recognize that your education here at Geneva will occur both in and out of class. Then the new students walked between the faculty and the staff. This symbolizes your entry into our academic community. The next time that you process like this as a group will be a graduation, a procession that symbolizes your exit from our community to the next thing that God is calling you to. In between those two processions, something is supposed to happen. Something more than late night pizza, video games, mystery bus trips, or MGN. That thing is called higher education. Well, the next time has arrived. Congratulations. Would you please be seated? <clears throat> now to the rest of the graduates. If you were not just standing, would you please stand? You have gotten to this point on a different somewhat less traditional path. But while it might be less traditional, look around. Look around. It's certainly a well-traveled path. In addition to you, 62 students graduated after the fall semester. Some of you are here today and we're happy for that. Another 97 or so uh, undergraduate students will graduate this afternoon at the adult degree completion uh, program uh, commencement. So this is a path that more and more students are taking. Of course, there's no single path. Each of you has gotten here by a different road. Some of you started at Geneva and have taken more than four years to earn a second major or finish a particularly rigorous course of instruction. Others have switched majors and or schools, sometimes multiple times. However it is that you got to this point, you have finally made it, congratulations, would you please be seated? <clears throat> this is a day of celebration, but occasionally God asks us to mix tears with our laughter. Sometimes to watch the sun set at the same time that we watch it rise. <coughs> Excuse me. 
On January 20th of this year, freshman engineering major Devin Miner went missing. For nearly the entire semester, there was no sign of him. As you know, two days ago, his body was Sorry. Two days ago, our hopes were dashed when his body was found in the Beaver River, less than two miles from where we sit this morning. God answered our prayer, but not the way we wanted. <coughs> Would you please stand, all of you, <coughs> and observe a moment of silent prayer for his family and friends including the many on our campus. Thank you. You can be seated. Finally, I want to introduce the five of the people who are on the platform behind me. The others will be introduced later in the program. Dr. Terry Williams, Dean of Faculty and Administration, will be introducing our speaker in a short while and will be announcing prizes and honors. Dr. Melinda Stevens, Dean of Academic Programs, will join me in calling out the names of our graduates. Dr. Bill Edgar, Chair of the Board of Trustees, will close our time in prayer. Registrar Andrea corkin Bazay will be assisting the president in greeting and congratulating each student. And Dr. Ken Smith, the 19th president of Geneva College, will lead us in an opening prayer this morning. He is the person who will also present the honorary doctoral degree candidates and will officially declare you to be graduates of the college. Dr. Smith. Well, let me add my welcome to the families and friends of the class of 2011. We're glad you're here, as well as my hearty congratulations to those of you who are receiving your degrees today. No doubt this is a day of mixed emotions. I expect that you are feeling both the joy and relief, maybe some of the exhaustion, of being done, um, but also some of the sadness that comes with leaving friends and I hope an institution that has felt like home to you over these past years. Let me assure you that your faculty and staff, we feel the same way. We love to see you go on, but it's hard to say goodbye. We rejoice with you at the completion of your academic work, or at least this phase of it, since some of you are going on to graduate school. We're going to miss our interactions with you. So stay in touch. Please join me in asking God's blessing on our time together. Father, we praise you for your holiness, your grace, your plans. Sometimes we don't understand your plans or your timing, but we take confidence that you are in control. 
We praise you for your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom our sins are forgiven, and we are reconciled to you. And for your Holy Spirit, who continues to work your will in and through us. Father, we acknowledge your presence and ask your blessing as we celebrate these students, the work they have completed, and the service to which you are calling them from this point onward. We're reminded that commencement means beginning, not the end. This is a beginning, and we are confident of this very thing, that you who have begun a good work in these soon-to-be graduates will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. I have the extreme pleasure of introducing this year's commencement speaker to you. Dr. Salim Gabril has been a longtime friend of Geneva College and was awarded an honorary doctorate of public service degree from Geneva in 1999. He has taught graduate courses for us and has spoken in chapel on numerous occasions. One student uh, passed me this week and asked who was the commencement speaker. When I said Dr. Gabriel, they immediately said, he changed my life and began to recite what he had taken to heart from a chapel talk. This is a fitting response as this year, it was the Geneva College Student Union that provided the nomination of Dr. Gabriel as speaker. Their nomination in part stated, quote, serving as a minister in the Presbyterian Church, he has devoted his life to serving the people of the community with outreach programs. His compelling words have encouraged each student to be light now and in the future in the context of education and faith." End quote. Dr. Gabriel founded and directed the Pittsburgh Project from 1985 to 2008. This is a community development organization focusing on developing leaders and serving the city's most vulnerable residents. The Pittsburgh Project supports youth by encouraging academic success, faith development, healthy relationships, and service. They also provide home repair services. There are, there's a 51 member staff, and I have hundreds of volunteers a year, but I think it's probably closer to thousands that come through um, the Pittsburgh Project. Now with the Pittsburgh Promise, Dr. Gabriel encourages Pittsburgh public school students to dream big and work hard. The Pittsburgh Promise helps Pittsburgh public school families to plan, prepare, and pay for education beyond high school. It is with warmth and admiration that I present Dr. Gabriel to you. Thank you, everybody. And students, thank you so much for the honor of uh, being selected by you to address you on this day. I am extremely honored, and I'm delighted, and I hope that these few minutes of conversation have any value to anybody besides me. And may they, at the end of the day, bring glory to God and direct our steps as we seek to serve him and love this world that he loves so very much and for which he gave his son. So um, in September 2009, a little over a year ago, the uh, leaders of the 20 largest economies were in Pittsburgh for their G20 summit. So our president, President Obama, picked Pittsburgh as the location to host the, uh, the, the leaders of the world's largest economies, and along with them came their spouses. We cannot call them first ladies because three of the leaders of the largest economies are women, and their spouses 
what would we call them if not first ladies? First dudes? <laughs> so we call them first spouses. Um, the, the leaders were meeting at the convention center and the spouses wanted to visit some things around Pittsburgh and they picked an educational institution that I'm a part of to visit one day while they were in town. It's our uh, Pittsburgh Public Schools School for the Creative and Performing Arts. We call it CAPA. It's our downtown high school right downtown Pittsburgh. So when I learned that the spouses, along with our first lady, Mrs. Obama, were going to be at CAPA, I begged and pleaded and manipulated and connived and did everything I could to get invited to be in the building at the same time they were there. And I was told that I could not be there. I continued begging and pleading and conniving and manipulating. And, um, and then I finally came up with an idea. I said, just give me a job. I don't care what the job is. Give me something to do that would like, add legitimacy to my presence in the building where I would be legit to be there. And I would do it. I don't care what the job is. Went through some different clearances. And finally, I was given a job. And the job that I had, and I'm not kidding, this was my job. My job that day was to open and close doors for the first ladies, first spouses as they came in and out of our building. It was a great honor. I opened the door for every one of them and closed it behind them. And this man, whose name is Salim Henry Salim Asad Khalil Marcus Gabriel, an Arab from Beirut, Lebanon, came within four feet of the spouses of the leaders of the world. It was a great honor. And then I, I, I wanted to meet our first lady. I did not get to meet her, but we did make eye contact. And I'm told that she hasn't stopped thinking about me. <laughs> so after the first spouses went on a tour of the building, we escorted them to the auditorium where our kids from Kappa performed their hearts out for them. Then the kids sat in the audience. Mrs. Obama got up and gave a speech, and she was brilliant. And after she gave her speech, she sat down. And then she had invited her three, or among her three, favorite artists to perform. So after our kids performed for the first spouses, the three professional artists also performed. One of them was Trisha Yearwood. Any Trisha Yearwood fans? Three, okay. <laughs> then after Trisha Yearwood performed, Sarah Bareilles performed. Any Sarah Bareilles fans? Twelve. <laughs> then after Sarah Bareilles performed, Yo-Yo Ma performed. Any Yo-Yo Ma fans? parents and faculty. <laughs> and all the performers were terrific. And after they, they finished their segments, um, we, we escorted the first spouses out along with the security details. We kept the students in the auditorium. But then we asked the artists if they could engage our students in a question and answer time. And they did. So the artists were on stage, these professional world-renowned artists. And then our kids, who are aspiring artists, got to uh, engage their uh, role models in a conversation. They asked a series of questions. All of them were good. The last question was, for me, the most significant. The last question that was asked was this. Tell us, please, about an embarrassing moment that you had while you were on stage. So aspiring artists wanting, wanted to learn from mature artists about some embarrassing moments, anticipating that they surely had them. Uh, Sarah Bareilles began by describing a time when she called it her potty mouth moment, when while she was on stage performing at a, at a high school auditorium, her language was entirely inappropriate, and she thought that was her most embarrassing moment. Trisha Yearwood recalled the time when she had a concert in London. It was a packed house. She showed up. She 
uh, played her first song. She started singing her first song, and she lost her voice and could not sing, gave everybody rain checks, came back a year later, same audience, same venue, and in the second song, she lost her voice again and discovered that she was allergic to some of the fabric in that auditorium. So that was her most embarrassing moment. And then Yo-Yo Ma answered with what I thought was the most poignant of the answers. And he said that um, what's most embarrassing for him is when he is on stage and he forgets why. (laughs) He forgets why he's on stage. Now, I thought that was really profound because, you know, he didn't say, I forget how to play the cello. He didn't say, I forget how to go through the mechanics of putting on a first-rate performance. He didn't say, I forget how to be a part of an orchestra or how to read music. He just simply said, I forget why, which is a statement about purpose. I forget why? Sisters, brothers, sometimes we in the Christian church forget why we are on stage. Every now and then we think that we are on stage because we're really good at something. We think we're on stage because we're pretty, we're accomplished, we're gifted, we're smart, we're connected, we're able, we're capable, we're making a difference. And oftentimes we find ourselves going through the mechanics of doing something important and doing it well, but forgetting why we're doing it. I'm going to suggest to you that I know why you are supposed to be on stage. I feel fairly confident that I am speaking on behalf of God when I say these words to you. I am certain that this is why you are supposed to be on stage. And here it is. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Why do I know with certainty that that's your purpose? Well, because that verse in the Bible begins with this statement. This is what the Lord requires of you. Little tip. Little tip that we ought to pay attention. We ought to pay attention to that which comes after. This is what the Lord requires of you. Act justly. I'm thankful for the choice of verb there, act. It's about making decisions. It's about choosing well. It's about thinking carefully about how you're going to behave. It's about taking seriously whatever assignment you have starting this afternoon, whether it's a big assignment or a small assignment, to ensure that the choices you make and the decisions that follow are ones that elevate the value of every human you come in contact with, that recognizes the inherent dignity and beauty in every one of them, that they are in the image of God to be treated with the utmost of respect and shown the greatest degree of love. Whether you are running a small company or, or, or a big one, whether you are charged with enormous tasks or mundane ones, that you pay close attention to how the consequences of your choices and your decisions impact those who may not be able to speak for themselves, may not be able to have a a voice that's heard or that's loud enough, may not have the ability to assert certain outcomes. But you are charged. You are charged with the task of acting justly. Then the next phrase, love mercy. And here, too, I'm delighted that we're told to love it to love mercy, to be delighted, to be inspired, to do cartwheels over the fact that we have been shown so much mercy. Have we not? 
we have been shown an abundance of mercy forgiven uh, 70 times 7 our sins. And therefore, we too ought to be ones who look at the fault of others and the failures of others and the missteps of others, not with gladness, not with any, any, any uh, hint of self-righteousness or pride, but with the recognition that we too have been there and we too will be there. Act justly, let love mercy. And then finally, remember who you are. Walk humbly. Walk humbly with your God. Remember who you are, remember who God is, and that you are not God. Remember who you are, remember who God is, that your job is to follow God, not be God. Remember who you are and who God is, and remember that your job is to love God, not be God. Remember who you are and who God is, and that your job is to love people and not control them and manipulate them and own them. Act justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. That's why you are on stage. And may the God of justice and the God of mercy and the God who humbled himself be the one who walks before you, behind you, beside you, and one who inspires you, and one in whom you delight and you choose to follow for the rest of your days. Amen.